Blog Talk Radio. Ladies, let's talk with Coach Gina, a weekly radio show for the working woman. We cover topics such as family, life skills, wellness, and business. You can catch us every Wednesday live from 8 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. At any time, click on the archives to listen to a previous episode. We are glad you have joined us. Take a deep breath, relax, and enjoy. Here's your host, Coach Gina Brown. everyone. Welcome to Ladies Let's Talk. My name is Gina Brown, your host. I'm thrilled to be here and glad you are here with us. We have a great show for you. We're still in the new year of 2015 and oh my gosh, there's so many cool things going on. We have a great show for you and um, I have a great offer for you. So make sure you stay through the end of the show because you will want to get involved with what I have to share later. And um, our show tonight is about entrepreneurship, women in business, and avoiding business mistakes. Ladies, let's talk about that. Our guest is Paremjit Mali, is a published writer. Recently, her work appeared in Just Me, the business women's brand, to personal branding. She's been interviewed in both legal and non-legal press. She is former award-winning journalist with CNN Business News, and she hails from England, um, Birmingham, UK, to be precise. She has a strong journalism background and is based in Manhattan. So thanks for staying up and tuning in with us live. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. And Happy New Year, Coach Gina. Happy New Year to you. (laughs) It is a Happy New Year. It's a great, great New Year. And thanks for joining us. No problem. I am looking forward to the program. Absolutely. So our listening audience are women entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business execs, working women, professional women, and tonight we're going to discuss how to avoid mistakes. Oh my gosh, and this show goes so fast. We have only 30 minutes to talk about all these great textures about what we do as entrepreneurs and what we can do to try to avoid those pitfalls. So we're going to just jump right into it. What do you think is the most important skill set in having your own business? I think you should know, A, know how to manage money, and two, know how to sell. (laughs) You know, I mean, let's just get directly to the point here, all right? The thing is, you know, we all grow up with – we all have a comfort level of like, this is how much we should make, all right? And business at the end of the day, if you're not bringing in business, right? Let me just put this in another way. If you're not bringing in business, you don't have a business. You've got to know your cash flow. You've got to know that. And you know what? 
a gazillion people have said it before me and a gazillion are probably going to say say it afterwards. But it's very, very important. I mean, a lot of professionals like lawyers get into that mode as well. Like, they don't realize just because you have you have that skill set, you've been trained to do X, Y, Z, you've got to you've got to know the basic business fundamentals and if you don't know the finances then you're on that horrible trajectory of debt which eats most of us up because most of us who go on this entrepreneurial path we are all conscientious people and you don't you can't kind of perform you know it's just critical to know your numbers how much money is coming in start with basics on that and i think come uh, the other side of the equation to that coach gina is um the art of selling and i would say for us ladies this is not as difficult as we kind of intellectualize it and make make it because you know what it i mean what is really selling most of it's about making people feel very, very comfortable so that they can part with their money, right? Do you not think so? Yes, definitely. So what are we good at, us ladies? By nature, whether we have children or not, we are nurturers. We like Mm -hmm. to make people feel comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is, you know, that's the foundation for selling, and we kind of overcomplicate it. And, of course, there are many, many different ways, you, you know, um, that you, you can do that. But I think that's the basic premise. And I think once you hone that, the rest is just a really very, very basic skill, a learned skill set. It's a learned skill set. We have that innate art inside of us to, be, to make people feel comfortable. I think Absolutely. for me, the, those are two of the biggest, like know your money, your finances, and know how to sell. Everything else you can outsource, you can get some help, you know, um, but those two those two are the foundational pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is really, really good. And we all have it, don't we? Aren't we always saying, oh, where did you get those shoes? What kind of lipstick do you have? We're always selling. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and we're such good referral partners. You know, we are because you're like, oh my god, where did you, where did you get those shoes from? Or like, you know, that's a nice bag. Where did you go? You know, where was the sale? We are constantly refer. The thing is, it's a lot more intuitive for us. And business, like anything else out there, it's it's an art and a science. And how far is it an art? And how far is it a mathematical equation is going to be different for everybody depending on their skill set. Mhm, mhm, definitely. Right, and and I would and you know on that point I would add that um, Coach Gina, you know, like you know, you get all these emails like the latest greatest fad out there that this will definitely drive X number of dollars to your business or X number of clients. No, don't buy into it. Don't buy into that. Don't mm-hmm. buy. It. I mean, you know, this is where entrepreneurs waste money. All right, no, don't get seduced by the latest bright, shiny object out there. I would say, you know, keep that money for your, um, you know, a treat for your family or a family night out. No, that's not the way to do it. I, you know, always advise my clients. It's like it's not copying. It's not getting seduced by the latest, brightest, shiny object. It's about knowing who your market is, 
all right? Know where they hang out and then know how they like to be communicated. Um, what do I mean by that, all right? I mean, I live in, I, I'm in midtown Manhattan and I see, you know, you, you're on the subway and you see lots of these adverts, you know, whether it's immigration for, um, for immigration attorneys or uh, other similar adverts. And, of course, you know, there's that snobbery. One looks down and it's like, oh, their market must be horrible. You know, they must be, you know, um, economically lower down on the economic ladder. But here's the thing about that. That may be true or it may not be true, right? The bottom line is that works for them. That advertising right. works for them. That's why they're doing it. That's why they're having all these subway, car, you know, the subway different sections all advertising in, in, you know, whatever they are because it works. It's bringing them clients. It's building that brand, uh, um, brand awareness. So, you know, never poo-foo, <laughs> never copy, and don't get, don't get seduced by um, latest bright, shiny object syndrome. I would say take one step back and you know, look at the patterns of your clients. Where do they come from? How do they yeah. like to be communicated to? All right, because every, everything works. Everything works. Exactly. Everything. Whether it's what, search what, engine what, optimization what, or speaking, all of it. Yes. You just have to make sure it works for you. What are the biggest exactly. mistakes you've made in the world of entrepreneurship? I can say, oh, um, and, you know, this is still a bit raw for me that I actually made this because you would think, you know, I think those of us who are intellectually smart, uh, all right, I'll just get down to it. Do you know what? Not trusting yourself. I think Mm. that's one of the biggest mistakes that I made, not trusting Mm -hmm. myself, thinking that I am not smart enough, um and that is not a good thing it disempowers you if you do your homework and really are committed and know your market look i'm not talking about making gazillions of dollars i'm not even talking about you know 6 700,000 dollars i'm just talking let's just get to six figures 150,000 something like that which i think most people would be quite happy with because that's quite a lot of money Mm-hmm. Especially if it, especially if there's a two income family, right? An additional after taxes and all that lovely stuff, right? An additional hundred thousand dollars, one can do a lot with that money if you're prudent and you know um, have a good accountant and all, all all the other kind of you know all all that lovely stuff. But um, not trusting yourself. Listen to your emotional guidance. It knows what's right. By that, I don't mean like sit on top of the mountains and chanting om or whatever form of meditation one does i mean it has to there has to be a practical application of it as well but don't but you know ladies don't ignore that it's like giving your power your core away it's going to come back to haunt you i'll i'll tell you i've learned the hard way it's like you know don't under, underestimate there's nothing complicated about business business is about making revenue in a consistent way and most of us are conscious entrepreneurs we want to do right by our clients and we want to do right by ourselves that's all it is that's mm-hmm. the basic of any, you know, uh, at least I, for me, that's what it is. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, the Fortune 500 and all all that kind of stuff. But for most of us, that's what we want. Yeah. I think that has been, yeah. Revenue generating 
sustaining businesses. <laughs> exactly, because I mean, look, you know, who who the hell likes that feast or famine? Yeah, like that's those too peaks. Much of mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely, that you know those peaks and valleys, and I think it gets even a bit more dicier if 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 you've got um, if you know. If you're doing it on your own and you are the breadwinner as well, right? Yeah. You know, people have got mortgages, people have got, you know, car payments, um, um, you know, depending on or, or financial commitments. Everybody's got them of, you know, um, all sorts. You know, I was talking to my brother the other day and they're in Vancouver and, and he was just saying, he said, you know what, There's, Nissan has just recalled the the year of the um, Pathfinder that he's got. And he said, all these parts have to be replaced and we just ended up sh- um, shelling out an extra $3,000. And he's like, you know, there was a teacher strike in in Vancouver last year and he said, we can't really afford this, but what can you do? So there's ex- everybody has expenses, and um, you got to make sure that your basics are covered. And for some of us, that means having a part-time job. And there's no mm-hmm. shame or crime in that because, uh, you know, you know, Coach Jenna, you know, you know how this is. If you've got that your basics covered, you have a foundation to build on. Right. Otherwise you're going to be, yeah. Otherwise you're going to be panicking about, oh my God, how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to pay for my rent, my mortgage? Which is not fun, not fun at all. Not at Um, all. I mean, I I had to tell us tell us a little bit about your background as far as entrepreneurship goes. When were you first introduced to the business world, and what 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 piqued your interest to want to be an entrepreneur? Oh, God, that second part is really good. It's a really good question. The second part, really, really good. Now, uh, you know, my parents moved to Britain in the late 50s, and um, I just I just remember, you know, I was about eight, nine years old. My dad used to work in a factory, and um, he initially started, you know, those kiosks in cinemas where you can sell oh, yeah. candy yeah, well, that's how he started initially. And this is in Birmingham in England, right? We're talking like mid-70s, mid, mid 70s, maybe early 70s, around that kind of thing, um, around that time. And um, he had one of those kiosks, um, which grew into um, eventually owning, managing the cinema. This is on top of his factory job, all right? And then mm-hmm. um, owning a cinema, and I just remember, you know, my dad, that generation of Asian parents being very, very strict, like, no, they cannot watch any of, and these were Bollywood films, all right? Like, no, they cannot watch any of the, the double standards coming out here. You know, you can't watch any of these films. We could only watch the movies if my um, my, my mom was with us. However, now, however, I think a lot of us will be able to, will find this quite funny, when the sweets or the Indian sweets would run out, my dad would phone home, like, you know, I need so many small packets of the Snickers bars or the Mars bars or the Indian ones. Like, could you, you know, could someone bring them? When we didn't have a car back then, all right, and the cinema wasn't too far from where we lived, guess who used to do? <laughs> guess who used to stuff those kids and take them to the cinema? And, of course, my dad's rules there totally disappeared out of the window. 
Exactly. It's like, no, you can't watch any of the films, right? But, you know, yeah, you can come. Even even though we were like eight, nine years old, to drop off the two bags. You know, I used to go, my younger sister used to go, so there'd be two of us. I mean, neither one of us had barely even hit our teen years, all right? But it was okay until 7 o'clock in the evening for us to go, all right, and drop mm-hmm. those bags. And guaranteed every weekend it would be like, all right, we need, you know, somebody needs, and it was always me or Jazz or my sister Jazz. But in terms of your second question, in terms of, you know what it is? I think when, that's a really good question, and I've not thought about that. But here's what is part of my personality. If you make it work and you do it right, it gives you a lot of freedom. Entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. gives you a lot of freedom. It gives you that financial freedom to do what you want to do, what you want to do, to be, to you know, to do what you want to do. Whether it's contribution, whether it's you know, providing for your family. Well, that's part of the contribution. You know, providing for your family. You options open up, and for sure, I've seen this trajectory in my own family. You know, there is. We've got people who've gone taken the traditional route of nursing and um, teaching, and then you've got the entrepreneurs as well. I'm not saying either route is easy, all right, because you, you hear all the other side of corporate America and uh, you know full-time working, everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly as well. I would kind of say is that you know it's a decision and it's a choice it's something that you you really have to be committed because there are going to be emotional peaks and valleys and yeah. you and, and if you know if you're going to romanticize and think that all of this is just going to happen very very quickly and the money's going to start coming don't delude yourself because it's not like that at all it is work you, i mean it is work rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty because there's a lot of us out there who can talk a really good game. But, you know, when the rubber hits the road, I think that's the expression. You've got to do the work. Got to do yes, the work, you have whatever to do the it work. is. Now, this next question has to do with something that I personally experienced. And you mm. can take this as far as you want to. I was, okay. interv- I was approached for an opportunity and the person said, it's not sexy, but you'll make a lot of money. And um, the industry was a technical industry where not a lot of women were in that industry. And so definitely not not the, you know, selling perfume or jewelry or shoes or bags. And so tell me what you think about being practical in a steady industry per se or the lights glimmer glamour and the sexy to it all uh, yeah i mean i've worked in sexy industries you know working in broadcast i mean that's why i came to new york to work to um work for cnn in business news not only that i wanted international news right so god knows i you know worked on those horrible shifts at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> Because that's mm-hmm. when the programs were on in Asia, right? And they were, you know, back then, we're talking in the late 90s, they were produced here in New York. 
You know, there are certain industries that do appear sexy. So I've done the journalism, the PR on a high level, all right? And during that time, I also had the opportunity to go to fashion shows. I saw Versace's last fashion show before he was um, assass- he was killed. Here's the thing with the fashion industries, or, I mean, all the so-called sexy industries out there, right? Whether it's entertainment, whether it's film, fashion, clothing, or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they are sexy. There's no two ways about it, you know, but they still require the same amount of grunt work. Right. There's no two ways about it. You know, we live in, I don't want to say uncertain economic times, but we, the whole world, certainly with the Western world, is going through a big economic seismic shift. So-called not sexy industries. I look at this all the time now and I think, hmm, would I, would I do this? Think of the, sh- the guy or who's, who's a shoe cobbler, right? Fixing shoes, soling, um, uh, putting new soles on your manalos and, and heels, the leather handbags. That stuff is recurring income. It never, it never finishes. Look how many times we all buy good shoes and then we want to maintain them. So we take them to the cobbler, all right? Think of the dry cleaners. Think of whether, you know, the young girl who wants to do, who wants to do engineering because somehow she sort of has, has realized that, you know what? Our country, we need to fix our bridges and we need to advance them as technology is going, um, is, you know, um, it's getting more, um, um, well, it's getting a lot more advanced, right? I want to do that. I want to know what that means. um, And I want to work in that industry. I would say, don't go for the sexy, go for the unsexy, because that's where the money is. Even things like cereal, supermarkets, all the food, you know, we have to get. It's reoccurring. It never ends. Every week we go and we get milk. We go and we get toilet paper. We go and we get toothpaste. It's reoccurring revenue. Why not create something that's healthy and empowering? It's it's just an area that I think people tend to overlook, all right, because they want they get seduced by you know the so-called sexy industries. I would say stick to unsexy because it's got longevity. That's what it's got. Mm-hmm. It's got longevity. And often, I would say the marketing is a lot easier as well. Mm, that's a good the one. That's measurable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the marketing is is a lot easier. I mean, I'll go to the – I mean, I keep talking about the shoe man or the shoe cobbler only because I've got about 10 pairs of shoes. <laughs> I need to take. I've got, I've got about 10 pairs of shoes to take, and – some of them don't really need healing. All right. They don't need new heels right now. But the thing is, they're nice shoes. I've paid a lot of money. I want them to last. Exactly. You want them to last. I want them to. I'm like, if I'm paying $300, that's on a sale for a pair of shoes. They better last me about four or five years. <laughs> or more. You know, so I, exactly. Exactly. I mean, think about, or you know, more. like dry cleaning all these, you know, some of, you know, if you were um, dry cleaners, I mean, I know this is a little bit more Manhattan-centric, but all those children, education, it's never going to go out of style and out of fashion. People are always going to need education. They are always going to want their children to do better than them, all right? And then there's all that process of getting through, navigating the system, you know, it's it's, I just see that it's not going to stop. I mean, 
wedding planners kind of fits in both sexy and grunt work, but people yes. get married. Very, get very uh, grindy. So let yep. me ask you this. One of the big questions of the evening is, what areas do you see the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs or women in business or business professionals make? I would say um, it really, time, being busy for the sake of being busy. No, I mean, you know, the time thing, because, you know, we're all multitasking. Some of us have got some jobs, you know, that we're supporting because our business is not at a certain point. You've got kids, you've got commitments, you want to do you as well. Time, time, and it, it is amazing. I have worked with several clients who tell me, saying, you know, I've done every single time management program out there, whether whether it's, you know, the Stephen Covey stuff, the um, think, get things done. The problem is everything works. You've got to stop and and take stock of yourself. You've got to know your own body rhythms and plan things accordingly. And again, I go back to women on that. You know, um, I'm a morning person, so I like to get you know, the heavy lifting in the morning as opposed to the evening. It's a deceptively simple exercise, right? I mean, it's if you really think about it, like, of course, that's common sense. Well, common sense is actually, uh, at least, I, I think it's in short supply out there. We all tend to complicate things. Time, there's an exercise that I do with clients of mine, and some of these are, you know, rather stubborn and very opinionated clients and I've managed to free up 10 extra hours a month that's just during their work day you know like from wow. about 9 till 9 till 6 and um it's very the thing is we we all need more time so imagine what would you do if you had 10 extra hours think about the marketing that you could do think about the me time Think about the detox time that you could. That totally. is, uh, yeah, a very, very big factor in in um, with entrepreneurs because oftentimes we're doing everything at the beginning. So you do need to find, you do need to um, find, be organized and focused. And um, you know, there's something that there's, you know, ident- you've got to know your own time wasters, and um, that's going to take a bit of work. But identifying your biggest time wasters just knowing that right. will free up knowing a couple what of those hours. are yeah absolutely well, what we have just about four minutes left so mm. what are the three keys to rainmaking i don't know if you can make that quick but um and then and then the second question is what are you working on where we can um uh, get involved in what you're doing okay so those two in four minutes. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, let me. T- three keys to rainmaking. This is really a building block, a foundation for any business out there, because this this is this really has come from the work that I've done with clients. Most of them have been professionals, although I've definitely worked with event planners who've worked at the UN as well, all right? But I just find people's problems always fall into these three areas, these three keys, which is time management, skill set, all right? Whether it's knowing your numbers, your sales, um, or um, just reading, you know, having a financial plan for yourself as well. And, of course, the third one is that, all of this, 
there, you know, all of this can get overwhelming if you don't look after yourself. And I've got to that stage where I just see whether you're a partner in a law firm or an event planner, honestly, it's just everything falls into these three categories. The configuration is always, always different for everybody. And I would say the learned skill sets, what you need to do, which is the selling and knowing your numbers, that's the easiest. That is the easiest. The time management side takes a bit of discipline. That takes a little bit, you know, takes a bit of work to do and commitment. All right. Um, but this, just see it far too often, Gina. Just see it far too often. And I would, um, what I'm working on right now is I'm putting on, giving a class starting this Saturday, one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, for anyone who wants to tweak their bottom line, just improve by 5%. And if they want to, if they're interested in registering, what they should do is go to www.therainmakersroundtable.com. You will find the homepage with a beautiful mountain there. All you need to do is look on the left, on the right-hand side. There you will see a gorgeous picture of a book in emerald green and gold click on it and that'll just walk you through the process all right but it's really who who is the three keys for to rainmaking it's for people who want to get focused and they want to save time they want to increase their bottom line all right they want to do this without you know reinventing the wheel too often entrepreneurs especially when they're starting they think they have to redo things their way, and I think a lot of that's to do with ego, and that defeats the purpose of business because at the end of the day, business is about making money and making your right. life easier, right? right? Otherwise, what's the point? Why would you want to make things complicated and reinventing the wheel? And that is a very big focus for me, that Let's not overcomplicate things. Let's keep things really simple. It's That's what the three keys are. You want to save time, get focused, and increase your bottom line. It's a big foundational piece, regardless of what type of entrepreneur you are. You know, it's just a very foundational piece. Get that that's right. Great. The rest is pretty Thank easy. Thank you. Absolutely. You've been a fantastic guest. I appreciate all the great information you shared with us on how to avoid mistakes as an entrepreneur and a woman in business. We look forward to staying connected with you. All the listening audience out there, I mentioned at the top of the show that I had something for you. And we are in the beginning of the year still, and your health is very important. So I have something for you. Go to CoachGina.com. Click on the main page and get the favorite juicing recipe so you can keep juicing and have good health um, throughout this week. And uh, stay tuned next week for the next recipe, Gina's favorite juicing recipes. In the meantime, remember to smile because it is good for the soul. Have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you next Wednesday on Ladies Let's Talk.